All right. Good morning, everyone. It is currently 11:01 a.m. on November 1st, 2021. Happy November, everyone. Hopefully, you can hear me pretty well. Um, I just left my townhome in the Roosevelt neighborhood, and I'm going for a walk. Per David's recommendation, because I think David has done a lot of these, uh, what do you say, walking podcasts with a lot of uh, background noise. Um, I guess there's something different about taking a walk and talking because it gets your uh, brain juices flowing differently. <laughs> so I'm gonna give this a try. Normally I record my podcast sitting down, but this will be my first ever walking podcast. So also. <laughs> Excuse my winded noises. I I have not been exercising as I should, so I may sound very tired at certain points. <laughs> Anyways, recently, recently I have been very tired. I don't know if um if any of you podcast listeners have also felt the same way, but recently it's just I've just felt so tired. I I might I think it's probably like. The change in weather from like that sunny Seattle summer weather to like gloomy gray all the time Seattle goopy droopy weather. <laughs>、um, hopefully, some of you guys understand what I'm talking about. Sorry, there's a there's a trash there's a garbage truck right next to me. Let me walk away from it. But yeah, I've just woken up in the mornings and I'm just like, wow, I need to go back to sleep. Maybe this is how bears hibernate in the winter, but yeah. So today in this podcast, it's just gonna be me. I'm a little nervous about doing this by myself for the first time because I usually hold a conversational podcast. I like hearing other people's perspectives, but I'm pretty new to sharing my own. <laughs> so I, I honestly I don't know if I can talk for 25 minutes, but maybe maybe I can. I mean, it's already been two and a half. Also, another thing for me recently, time has been flowing really weirdly. Maybe this is like part of that post-college graduation life where it's like you start working and I don't know, time just flows by like sand. Like, like you just blink and you're like, oh my gosh, it's already November. Like, wasn't it June like five seconds ago? So, yeah. Anyways. The main purpose of why I'm here to talk today is to talk about this class I've been doing. So at Common Power, I am the donor engagement coordinator, which means I'm in charge of stewarding and building relationships with our donors and fundraising as well. I went to the University of Washington, and I graduated in June with a Bachelor of Arts in International Studies. So. I I have done a little bit of fundraising work before in high school、um, and like database management through a few of my college internships. So it's not like the world of fundraising and donor relations is entirely new to me, but it's definitely a field where I'd like to get more expertise on. So David came to me one day and he was like, "Hey, I know we're working on building your skill set as a donor engagement coordinator." There's this certificate at UW called Certificate in Fundraising Management. That's part of the Professional and, Continue edu- and Continuing Education branch of the University of Washington. This program looks interesting. 
would you consider taking this class? And me saying yes to everything, <laughs> I said, sure, I'll look into it. And um, I looked into this class and I saw that, you know, it would talk about fundraising fundamentals, how to build relationships with donors, how to steward those relationships with donors, how to make a strategic plan for uh, short term strategic plans and long term strategic plans for fundraising. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this class will cover everything that I feel like I need to know for my job. And so part of what Common Power does is that they invest in not only their their current staff, but also as part of their investments in the next generation of young leaders, they are sponsoring. They're paying for me to take this class and get the certificate and get trained up, which is amazing for me because not only does it help me improve my current the how well I do at my current job, but also for my career later on, it's just giving me additional skill sets that make me a more valuable hire and a more valuable worker. So this is how I see Common Power investing me as a young next gen leader is that they're investing my education, which obviously is often building blocks for my future and my success. So I'm super stoked that Common Power is investing in me like this. I really, really am appreciative to it. Um, I'm appreciative to David for even allowing me to take this class and giving me this opportunity. Because another way that Common Power is investing in me is that they are giving me time out of my 40-hour work week to focus on this class and complete homework and attend class. So this class has essentially become part of my workload, which is awesome. It's This is how you invest in the next generation of people, you know? You, instead of, you know, piling a class on top of the 40-hour work week, they are building it into my 40-hour work week, which is amazing and make, allows me to focus on the class. And I don't know, it's, it's really great. I love this class so far. So I believe I'm on week five or six. Like I said, y'all, time has been passing really strangely in my head. But I'm about halfway through the quarter, I believe. And let me just tell you, this class has been amazing. So the first week of class, they had us examine ourselves as fundraisers, which means looking at how you view money, how you were raised to view money, and examining yourself and your identity as a fundraiser because how how I view money is ultimately going to affect how I fundraise and how I ask for money and ultimately all of my weird feelings around money so literally oh let me let me explain this class is once a week every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. which is perfect because it's also outside of regular work hours and gives me a little more flexibility um, for me to do stuff during the day and then attend class at night. And then we usually have like an hour, at least one hour of homework per week. But often, depending on how hard you try, it will be like up to two or three hours. But if you know me, I try very hard at everything. So I'm out here re doing the readings, taking notes 
and being doing the most basically <laughs> so usually the homework takes me a little longer to do um, because I'm genuinely thinking hard and critically about these questions and the homework that I'm doing and trying to learn from it so anyways yeah so my first week of class they had an assignment where we had to write like two pages about answering two different prompts about how we view money the first prompt was well we got to choose from a list of prompts but the prompts that I choose chose the first prompt was um, I think people with money are dot 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 and then the second prompt was if I wasn't so frugal with my money I would spend it on dot 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 so the interesting thing about these two prompts is that they really helped me examine my own relationship with money First of all, I'm always working with people who have money. So I thought it was important for me to choose a first prompt of my assumptions about people with money to kind of dig a little bit more into that. And then the second prompt was really for myself because I personally tend to be a little frugal with my money, um, kind of growing up in a household that didn't always have the most money. That's kind of how I was raised to be frugal with my money, but frugal, let me clarify this frugal with my money in terms of being frugal with myself but not with others i'm very generous in terms of giving gifts and money to other people but when it comes to spending money on myself virtually nothing <laughs> i i rarely spend money on myself um anyway so that was a really helpful exercise i really really love that um and then in the following weeks we have like kind of learned like different donor archetypes like some donors give money because they're a devout giver, which means that they're really not necessarily. This doesn't necessarily mean they're religious, but that they are particularly devoted to a cause. Some donors are altruistic, which means that they give money simply because they believe it's right. Some people are some donors are repayers which means that they feel they have received something from this organization and they are trying to pay it forward. So, you know, I understand that, of course, donors don't fit into any one box, but kind of examining the different types of donors there are and personality types really helps me understand the work that I'm doing and the people I'm interacting with a little more. Um, also, I've learned about these two fundraising frameworks. Number one is called donor-centered fundraising, where you center all of your fundraising efforts around pleasing the donor. Basically, you make donors feel good, they will give you money. And there's another new emerging framework of fundraising called donor-centered fund, I mean, sorry, <laughs> I just said donor-centered fund fundraising, but there's an emerging framework called community-centered fundraising where instead of placing the donor as the center of your universe and all the fundraising work that you do, you place the community at the center. And what I've learned from studying these two different frameworks for fundraising and how fundraising should or should not happen has really helped me clarify that um, I don't know, just more formally clarify the different fundraising frameworks that exist out there. You know, as I work with David as a donor engagement coordinator, he is 
one of the best teachers I've ever had in terms of teaching me about fundraising, how to engage with donors, but also the way that we interact with each other is very informal. So it's nice to be able to kind of put into words and formal scholarly frameworks kind of the work that David and I do. And what I've learned from my class is that Common Power does a lot of community-centered fundraising. Of course, there are some aspects of donor-centered fundraising that we incorporate into our work. But really, at the end of the day, what Common Power strives to do is put community and the communities we're serving at the center of our fundraising work and our work in general as an organization. So what that looks like with community-centered fundraising is that, number one, we put race, justice, and equity frameworks at the center of all of our interactions with donors and how we fundraise, which yes, Common Power does. Number two, we also have hard conversations with some of our donors and supporters that challenges them, helps them to grow, and helps them understand the complex issues that we're working with, namely access to voting, democracy, what does a democracy look like? And three, we're not just um, an organization that uses money to produce results that can be counted with data. We use our funds towards initiatives where you may not see the results for decades, right? Like the investments that Common Power is making in me now. You won't see the full fruit until maybe 20, 30 years in the future when I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> and Common Power is being invited to the White House. So we very much center our communities at the center of the work that we do, rather than producing deliverables for our donors, kissing kissing ass, as I may call it, we really center community and the real issues that we are trying to solve at the core of our work. So that was something really interesting. I think community-centered fundraising is such a new and innovative way of doing fundraising. It's very different than, you know, those commercials that were on TV in the early 2000s where, was it, what was it? It was like, it was like, in the arms of an angel. And it would show like these really sad pictures of like dogs and stuff. And they'd be like, you have to donate or adopt a dog today. And obviously like that is gut wrenching. You can argue that it's an effective way of fundraising, but also, you know, in a way that kind of like, fundraising perpetuates certain ideas. Oh yes, that's another thing. So the thing about donor-centered fundraising, one of the flaws of it is of centering donors in the middle of all of your fundraising work is that it can perpetuate this kind of savior complex in donors. And it can also perpetuate 
this othering of the communities that you're trying to serve. So for example, I grew up with a lot of advertisements on TV talking about how to save the children in Africa and obviously fundraising in that manner, manner perpetuates otherness, perpetuates this white savior complex that is not helpful to the communities that you're trying to serve. And just illustrates one of the flaws of donor-centered fundraising. By making the donor feel good, by making them feel like a savior, you are perpetuating and hurting the communities you're trying to serve. So that is another reason why, that is another one of the issues that community-centered fundraising is trying to address. So, yeah, that's just something really interesting. I personally really love some parts of donor-centered fundraising, such as um, any gift amount is important. And I also very much love a lot of the facets of um, community-centered fundraising, such as putting community at the center of the work that we do and centering race, justice, and equity at the center of what we do, too. So, yeah, this class has been super helpful for me and not only teaching me the frameworks, but helping me reflect on how it exists within my organization. Um, some of the other work that I've been learning in this class, I've been learning how to write a case for support. Last week's homework assignment was super hard. Um, <laughs> basically, you had to write a case for support of why a donor should donate to Common Power. And it was a one-pager, but the my the issue that I went into was being really succinct, being really clear and concise with the mission of Common Power and arguing for that within one page. I had to delete like several paragraphs because I've obviously gone over the one page limit. <laughs> so yes, the struggle's real. <laughs> but I feel like being able to concisely and clearly say what the mission and work of Common Power is is a really important skill for me in conversation. You know, in conversation, I can't just whip out a one-page essay. I need to learn how to say it in sentences, which is classes helping me learn how to do. Um, aside from all the great things that I've been learning and all the homework assignments and lectures and readings that I've been doing, I really love the cohort of this UW certificate class. Number one, I came into this class thinking it would be a bunch of older white folks because I think for a very long time the world of development or donor relationships has been older white folks but actually this class is much younger than I thought I would say around mm, I would say a range of 20 to 40 20 to 40 year olds are taking this class we're very diverse um, across race age gender disability as well. Um, we do have one ASL speak, uh, one ASL student in our class and she uses an interpreter and she is so awesome. I love her so much. And shout out to interpreters as well because they're doing a great job. And this class is so active. They are ready to talk they are ready to fight. <laughs> They are super active. I love our um, full class conversations just because everybody is ready to contribute. Everybody always has something to say. We'll have debates. 
we really are doing some good community building and community conversations around fundraising and what it looks like. And, and everybody in the class actually also comes from a pretty diverse range of fundraising backgrounds. Some people work for schools. Some people work for museums. Some people are just getting back into the world of development. Some people like me are college students, fresh out of college, just entering the world of development. And it's really just a really cool dynamic space to be a part of and learn in. Um, I actually grabbed lunch with one of my coworkers the other day um, at Shelter in Green Lake. And we sat down and chatted with each other. And granted, she was 10 years older than me, but she was super warm, super loving. Um, she gave me a lot of great advice on how to be a better donor engagement coordinator, gave me some insight into databases that her organization's using for keeping track of donations and donors. Basically just gave me a lot of really good advice. So I am super blessed to be part of the support system and to start networking in this way, especially as a young development person. So yeah, um, I also met another young college student like me uh, who is just entering the world of development and, you know, in a, in a one way, like, we are supporting each other by being like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what they're talking about. I feel like I have nothing to add this conversation um, because we haven't had certain kinds types of experiences that come with working in the field for years. But in a way, that kind of valuable kind of like we're in it together, we don't know what we're doing kind of support is also just as valuable as the support that I would get from someone who's 30 years old and can offer me career advice. <laughs> so I really love this class so much. I'm very blessed to uh, be a part of this. And the professor, Julie Bianchi, um, she is also very, she's a great instructor. She is always so open-minded. She loves kind of listening to everybody's perspectives, validating them, understanding them, and adding on thoughts and questions. The way that she teaches is so thoughtful and kind and gentle, but also she's a fierce woman. She has raised like millions and millions of dollars. She has her own consulting firm. The other day we used um, a worksheet from her consulting firm as our homework. <laughs> so she is not here to mess around either. Love her so much. Um, she always offers up herself for office hours as well. <clears throat> so overall, I'm very happy with this class. I feel very privileged to be a part of it, and I feel like it's really helping me become a better leader and also learn how to do my job here at Common Power a lot better. So I'm very grateful to Common Power for making this investment in me and providing me with these opportunities, and I certainly will not squander them <laughs> and I think it'll be interesting seeing how these investments play out in my life and my career maybe 10 20 years down the line because obviously you'll start seeing some of the results of this class in my work now and in, in and in how I engage with donors and volunteers now but also like I said earlier in 10 20 years I may be the president and I'll be like wow I remember Common Power and that one time they invested in this fundraising class and now I'm the president. <laughs> so who knows? 
but um, I'm really grateful for it, and I think I'm going to sign off because I have nothing more meaningful to say. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to this podcast, listening to me chat about my UW certificate class. Hopefully I wasn't rambling too much. I am now walking back home. And you know what? After this really great walk, I'm thinking David may just be right about walking and podcasting. Well, anyways, take care.